In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has come in order to let us know, really, what this baptism is all about. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have you ever been in a conversation where the person keeps on changing the subject? Have you ever been in one of those conversations that no matter what you say, that person has something that they then follow up with and they say, oh, well, yeah, I was in a similar situation like that. And then they go on forever and your story kind of gets lost in the past and it all becomes about their story. Isn't that annoying? If you don't think it's annoying... Well, then you're probably one of the people that do that all the time. (laughs) But that's not really the kind of changing the subject that we're talking about today. Instead, we're talking about changing of subject in terms of of the way that we use language, in terms of the subject and the verb and the object behind our our language. Now, normally in English, the way that we use language is that we use language in a subject, verb, object kind of way. And so we'll say things like, Sam eats oranges. And so you, you get that understanding of what a subject, a verb, and an object are, because I know that all of you have forgotten your rules of grammar. So the subject in there is Sam. Sam is the one who is eating the oranges. The verb in there is eat. What is Sam doing? Sam is eating the oranges. And what is Sam eating is the object, oranges. If you say, oranges eating Sam, well, then you have a pretty scary sci-fi movie. Or perhaps you just have a different language. You see, not all languages follow our subject, verb, object syntax. In fact, there are plenty of languages out there that have different configurations. In fact, Hebrew, the the language that we speak In the Old Testament, the, the language that the Old Testament is translated out of is actually a verb, subject, object, language. And so uh, things end up sounding a little bit like Yoda. So eating Sam oranges. And so there's kind of that you can figure it out, but it takes you a little bit more to go, eating Sam oranges, oh, that must mean... Sam is eating oranges. And so that's one of the different ways that you can put this syntax thing together in sentences. But then you have a very rare syntax structure, which is object, verb, subject. In fact, this is the dominant syntax in only 1% of the world's languages. That it starts off with oranges, and it goes into eating, and then it tells you who's doing the eating. Sam. So it sounds like oranges eat Sam. 
But the thing that you're supposed to get out of that sentence is not the scary sci-fi movie, but rather that Sam is eating oranges. So you go, great, thanks a lot for the linguistics lesson, PJ. What on earth does Sam eating oranges have to do with the woman at the well? What on earth does Sam eating oranges have to do with little baby Isaac here getting baptized today? You see, it's important to keep the subject in clear view when we're looking at these things. The subject of what is being talked about here is Jesus. And that happens to be the thing that we see most clearly in this kind of long gospel reading when Jesus is approaching this woman at the well in Samaria. See, Jesus approaches this woman at the well and he says, Hey, can you give me some water? And she says, well, why don't you draw it yourself? Then Jesus gets into this kind of weird thing that he says. And he says, well, if you knew who was asking you for water, you would instead ask me for this living water stuff. And then if you watch what the woman at the well does, which she's probably very practiced in, which at least that's the way that it looks when you look at the rest of her story, is she changes the subject. She goes, oh, well, um, I see that, um, uh, that, that, uh, that, that you must be this kind of prophet guy. And, uh, and she does this several different times where she gets into kind of a little bit of a tricky hole as they're talking. And then she goes to, well, whatever seems to fit. So the first time that she does that, she says, oh, well, you know, this well was given to us by our forefathers and, and our Samaritan forefathers. And she gets into this Samaritan sort of telling of the story, which is distinctly different than the Jewish telling of the story. And she figures, well, this is going to get me out of the hot seat. Because what I'm going to do is I am going to talk about something that is going to ramp you up and you're going to forget that you ever... We're talking about the old subject. And Jesus engages her on that. Then she goes, well, okay. Um, and then she gets into this thing about, well, you know, her husband. And who is her husband? Because she's had five husbands. And then there's this other person who is not her husband that she's living with. And she tries to change the subject again. She says, I, I can see that you're a prophet. So as a prophet, start telling me some prophet stuff. Get your nose out of my relationship. She's changing the subject. And we like to change the subject with God a lot too, don't we? We like to change the subject and say, oh, well, you know, God, um, I, you know, I, yeah, okay, I maybe have had a couple of sins here and there this week, but, you know, that person over there. Can we talk about their sins for a moment? Or can we talk about the suffering that I see on TV? Or can we talk about anything else, really, other than the fact that, well, I'm a sinner? Because that's an 
uncomfortable place for us to be. It was an uncomfortable place for the Samaritan woman to be. It's an, an uncomfortable place for us to be a lot of the time. And it's an uncomfortable place when we don't really get the subject of our life. See, so often we get the subject and the object in our life confused. We start thinking that, well, we're the subject. And God says, you're not. You're you're the object. There's a difference there. It's not that one is maybe even even better than the other one, but that you're the object. You're the one who's receiving the action, especially in terms of what is happening today here with Isaac. What's happening with Isaac is that he is the object. He's the object of God's grace. He's the object of what God has done for him. Even so much to the point that a little bit later on when we get into the baptism service, that we'll recognize that he, at this point in his life, cannot even use his words to confess along with us what is happening in terms of his life of faith. Which for us in the Western world sounds bananas. Because in our Western way of thinking, we are always the subject. But sometimes it's nice to know that you're the object. Sometimes it's nice to know that this isn't about you. But this is about Jesus. Our sermon series for Lent is all about this kind of ancient document that was written by our founder, Martin Luther. And it goes through 28 of his theses on this idea of this thing called the theology of the cross. And we've been kind of walking through those little bit by little bit. And the four theses that we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about them all together, are although the works of man may appear attractive and good, they are nevertheless likely to be mortal sins. So basically that although the things that we do might appear to be good, they may also be completely rotten inside. We may be doing something good for someone, but the motivation for why we're doing that is that we want to receive something out of that. And we may even want to receive something that is inspired by some kind of evil that lives deep down inside of us. And then, two, that although the works of God always seem unattractive and appear evil, they are nevertheless really eternal merits. I mean, if you think about what the cross looks like, it looks like it's evil. It looks like it's unattractive. But to us, we know that there is good there. The fourth one says, The apparent good works of men are thus not mortal sins as though they were crimes. Because if we're doing good works, they're not going to be sins. 
But then that's balanced out by the next one that says, The works of God, those who he does through man, are thus not merits as though they were sinless. And so basically what Luther is saying in the midst of all of that is keep the subject clear. And if the subject is always about Jesus, the subject is always going to be right. And so... We look at that as we look into Isaac's baptism today, as we look at the subject of what's going on here. What we are saying is that Jesus Christ is baptizing Isaac today. Far too often we think about it, Isaac was baptized. But the way that it works out is that Jesus is baptizing him, that we get to act as his body in this baptism, as God himself reaching out through our mortal bodies in order to deliver God's grace. But that it's not about us, that it's not about the people that are pouring the water on his head, but rather it is about the real subject here. Who is Jesus who died on the cross and rose again from a tomb so that today we could baptize this little boy? Amen.